here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.2 FM in Table Mountain. Thanks for being with us here on Updated Noon. It's 20 minutes before one. Yesterday, former President Jacob Zuma's lawyers issued a statement indicating that he will not be participating in the state capture inquiry's urgent constitutional court case, compelling him to abide by summons to appear before the commission next year. Now, his snub of the Concord case means that when the application is heard on December 29th, it will be unopposed by Zuma's lawyers. However, the commission will still have to persuade the highest court that it should hear its its application directly and find in its favour on the merits. So to unpack uh, this for us, we join on the line now by Tyrone Maseko, an attorney and legal analyst. Tyrone, good to speak to you. Welcome to Update at Noon. Good afternoon, Sakina. So let's take a look at the implications of this move by by, by former President Jacob Zuma and his legal team. What's my view on it? Yes, please. Um, you know, it's understandable, I guess. It's very complex, actually, what's going on here. I mean, it makes no sense to me. The the commission wants to go to the constitutional court as a starting point. I don't know why they want to approach the constitutional court on a matter that really should be heard by the high court. Uh, and it's not an insignificant point, because the constitutional court is the final arbiter on all matters. This, by all accounts, would... Uh, would, would come down to uh, an argument and a dispute of fact. The Constitutional Court shouldn't be hearing disputes of fact. You know, did he leave, did he not leave? But anyway, it seems that they, they might not participate in that process. Secondly, I don't understand why the Commission has to go there in any event. Here's the point. If the, if the Commission is empowered in terms of legislation to, to issue subpoenas, and it has issued a subpoena in this instance, and the subpoena has been denied, then there's no question about its powers. The question is, if the subpoena has not been adhered to, what are the consequences? And the consequences are criminal proceedings. So Jacob Zuma should then be prosecuted criminally. Not to go to the Constitutional Court to ask for orders, which the Constitutional Court, even if it were willing to give that order, what it simply means that there's another order that Jacob Zuma should appear before the commission. Jacob Zuma would then defy that order. What is the consequences of, consequence of that? Mm. He's in contempt again. So it makes no sense to me. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a roundabout. Uh, uh, you know, you're just going around the houses and repeating things which are really roundabout. In, uh, yeah. And for the former president himself, um, not opposing uh, these matters in court, uh, what are the implications on him as the former president, understanding that there are two separate cases here uh, opened by the commission, um, one for walking out? So uh, looking at this, what are the legal implications for the former president? There aren't any. Here's the point. That's why my view is that this constitutional court application is superfluous. It's absolutely superfluous in the face of a prosecution being in place already for him leaving the um, uh, the venue when he was under subpoena. So to go to the constitutional court to get an order that he should appear, which quite frankly I also find to be strange, because what should that order be? Should that order order Zuma to come to the commission and to give evidence at the commission? Uh, we don't have laws that force people people to open their mouth, as it were, if they refuse. So Jacob Zuma could conceivably 
go get to the commission and say absolutely nothing, as then has he complied with the order? You cannot force a person to open their mouth and say something. If they don't want to say something, then you should accept that either they don't have anything to say, or you must make your own conclusions and inferences from the fact that they will not say something. But I don't see how we, in law, you can force someone to actually open their mouth and say something. So I think all that should be happening here is that they should be persisting with the with the criminal charge of. Um, uh, not complying with with the subpoena, as it were, and and, and really uh, that's it. And what would be the sanction, the legal sanction for that particular charge? Well, What's the that, worst yeah. case scenario? So that, that trial would have to run its course because Zuma can also defend that matter. Uh, it's normal criminal proceedings in which which you can present evidence as to either. I did, I didn't. Or, in fact, you could even challenge the subpoena and say, well, it wasn't valid, so we didn't have to comply with it. Um, but to answer your question, that would depend on the fact. Uh, generally, I mean, these are not serious offences, so if you are ultimately found guilty, I'm sure they'll, def- they'll defend it vociferously. Uh, also, the other thing to import, to import, and that is important to remember, Sakina, is that the, the legal team of Jacob Zuma indicated clearly that they, they intend to uh, to take on the role, to challenge the decision by um, the DCJ when he refused to to recuse himself. Now, one of the questions that's going to come up is, if Jacob Zuma had stayed and given evidence, then any application subsequent thereto would then also be superfluous. So if he challenges uh, uh, the DCJ's right to sit and hear evidence and the DCJ disagrees with him, then that process should be held in abeyance until a decision is made by the High Court or whichever court has jurisdiction as to whether the the DCJ ought to have recused himself. And that's a defense that they could raise. Very interesting. Tyrone Maseko, thank you so much uh, for helping us unpack that. Attorney and legal analyst Tyrone Maseko.